Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. start the show but this one's tough man and no i'm not bummed out that the warriors won the championship matter of fact congratulations four championships in eight years indeed a dynasty six appearances in eight years salute to y'all warriors fans all over las vegas clown all the lakers fans all you want in the city for the entire offseason and probably next year too um but kind of bummed out because all good things must come to an end just like Undertaker's undefeated WrestleMania streak because the Warriors are champs, which means the NBA season's over, which then means this is the final NBA Finals preview show, and it's actually an NBA Finals recap. And it kind of bums me out, but in the same token, we're very proud, man. I, I said in the first episode, I can't believe I'm doing an Oscar speech right now, um, this was a big deal for me. It was my first time actually doing a sports show by myself without my co-host on the Playmakers weekdays through the 5 p.m. here on 1140 The Bet, the one and only Lindsey Brown. But it was the first time I was doing by doing something by myself, rather. And also it was about basketball, a sport that I love. And I just wanted to make sure I came correct, not sounding like an idiot. And most importantly, giving you and yours some knowledge throughout the playoffs and here in the NBA Finals. And it's been quite a journey. And right now, I'd like to thank all the guests that we've had on the show. Uh, from Howard Beck from Sports Illustrated, Joe Varden from The Athletic, John Krasinski from The Athletic, who covers the Timberwolves, Justin Tinsley from ESPN and Around the Horn, um, Gerald Boyer from the Phoenix Sports covering the Suns and the madness and everything going on with the Phoenix Suns that we'll get into here in a minute. Who else am I forgetting? Uh, just a, a ton of people have joined, and sorry I'm blanking on the names, but thank you to each and every one of those, especially all these dudes I've been listening to for years as entertainment, so to be able to ask them questions 
and getting more knowledge. John Corrales, by the way, last week covering the Celtics. Thank you for joining. Just everyone. Sorry I'm blanking on some names. But since this is the final show, we got to go out on a bang and we got to do it, you know, do it properly and come correct. So those guests continue from Bleacher Report, Jake Fisher. Dude's a newsmaker, a newsbreaker, got into a little kerfuffle with Draymond Green after what was it, game four and game five when Draymond didn't like that. Jake was asking him a question about his podcast. We'll give him a chance to have a rebuttal uh, to some of the negativity that he got online where people were upset that he asked a valid question, in my opinion. Plus, more importantly than that, is he just dropped an article yesterday, the latest on DeAndre Ayton, what's going on with him, and a is it a sign and trade? He's a restricted free agent. How this is going to work out? The latest with James Harden. Is he going to sign that contract extension? He has a couple more days to do so. What's going on with the Sixers and that deal? How that's going to work out? Rudy Gobert, the Jazz, everything with the offseason, and, of course, the NBA draft because we are less than a week away. This Thursday is the uh, NBA draft, the 2020 draft. And then free agency is here on the 30th. So we got to talk to Jake Fisher to get the latest. And then from The Athletic, the one and only Zach Harper. Uh, if you don't know about the Count the Dings Network, you're playing yourself. Go look it up. Everyone that's involved with that, everyone in Meadowlark Media, uh, everything that Zach Harper does is A1 and the best. So we'll get to talk to him about the finals in the offseason as well. And as always, when we kick off the show, be sure to tap in with us. So on Twitter, hit me up at AdrianRadio93. Hit up the station two at the Bet Las Vegas. We got interviews and people to talk to, so we'll be right back. It's the NBA Playoffs Finals Recap. 11.40 The Bet. Welcome back to the NBA Finals Preview here on 11.40 The Bet. Adrian Hernandez here with someone I've been waiting to talk to for a minute and glad we got him on the show. With us now is Jake Fisher of Bleacher Report. He's also the host of the Please Don't Aggregate This podcast. And apart from being a newsmaker, he's also an author of the book Built to Lose, How the NBA's Tanking Era Changed the League. All Insider Calls are brought to you by BetQL. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download your BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. First and foremost, Jake, welcome to the show. And how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Thanks for having me. No, we're doing good. Uh, we kind of sad that basketball is going away, at least, you know, on the court. We still got the draft and free agency ahead of us. But as we start this, I want to ask you, and, and no better person to ask than someone who who literally wrote the book on tanking. And, and it's been interesting, especially this year, when you consider it's been a long path for Boston, but they've kept that core that they've drafted. Golden State, throughout its iterations of being dominant and the surprising team and Throughout this era of Golden State, they've kept their core. And even this season with surprise teams, whether it was Memphis or Cleveland, Minnesota, some of these teams that were really built by the draft and as opposed to trying to do the big three mentality. Is that something that was just an oddity this year or something that you see teams moving on in the future uh, trying to replicate? You know, one thing that's kind of become a bit – of a, of a theme of late around the league is superstar players kind of taking back the power, you know, taking greater agency in requesting trades, trying to get to situations that they find more advantageous for themselves in their career. Um, so I, I do think that, you know, tanking, rebuilding, trying to build a team organically, 
um, that seems to be kind of the team's natural counter effect or counter punch to that where, you know, like, and I've talked to a couple of Memphis Grizzlies executives this week, for example, and they've talked about how, you know, that building a situation where players would want to stay is something that, you know, they feel like is, is a competitive fire against, you know, bigger markets like New York or LA or Chicago. So I think that's kind of why um, potentially we've seen that success, um, you know, from teams that have, have built year after year so far um, in this postseason being, or not so far, I mean, throughout the whole thing, obviously, um, you know, teams are really trying to build something that is sustainable even more so than ever before um, with the fear of potentially losing guys in free agency. And do you think that, like, for instance, Giannis, there was a lot of rumors, or maybe it's just Warriors Twitter, that, like, yo, Giannis is going to go to Golden State and he still stays in Milwaukee, that some of these things, like you said, Memphis is trying to build something that's sustainable, Milwaukee, Phoenix, you know, some of these smaller markets. Like, now more than ever, it doesn't necessarily matter where you are because you can be a superstar wherever. Um, yeah, I think, you know, with Giannis, he's a really good example of being that, look, if they didn't win the title last year, there was a really good chance that he – did not, um, you know, resign there or, or, or that he would have wanted to force a trade elsewhere. Um, that's kind of the new um, situation that teams are looking at here where, you know, Ben Simmons, for example, signs a, a long-term extension um, with Philadelphia and turns around and requests a trade pretty, you know, significantly, you know, pretty soon right after. So, um, but if you can build a winning team, a lot of it comes down to, to winning. If you can build a winning um, situation, you know, when the Bucks lose in the second round this year, then it's to talk about, you know, how do we get back to that level? How do we get back to, um, you know, competing for a championship like they did the year before? So winning is really the ultimate elixir. Love to, love to hear it. Um, as a small market Cleveland Cavalier fan, I hope we keep winning so we can get some good players. But anyway, uh, I want to move on to the finals uh, and specifically your moment with Draymond Green. Um, after the game where you asked him about his podcast. Now, even before I realized, the the next morning I realized that you were the one that asked the question, I was kind of like, what do you mean? This is this is something that everyone's wondering about, and, and it's just interesting and unique. Um, for those that said, why even ask the question, uh, what would be your rebuttal? <laughs> so the only reason I asked the question was because I, I knew Celtics personnel we're listening to the contract or, or to the podcast. So um, if they weren't, and I wouldn't have asked, but the fact that someone like Draymond, who is so touted for his high IQ, um, is so touted for being uh, a generational, you know, defensive player, um, the fact that he is speaking unfettered for 30 minutes on a podcast after every single finals game, it's pretty. You know, it's it's literally an unprecedented thing in NBA history, and it's pretty fascinating to me. Even if he's not giving you know insider trade secrets to the other team, you know he's saying something that's a data point for Boston to think about. Um, and so, you know, I, I was trying to get some credit for how valuable the podcast he's putting out there. He clearly heard the word X's and O's and latched onto it and wanted to kind of punch down a little bit, being that you know I, I think a lot of people in the media try to. Um, exert their basketball knowledge into a situation rather than asking players questions. But I, I was just asking. I, I was asking for him um, 
and I, I was asking for his his viewpoint on potentially the thought that Boston people would be listening and gaining at least something of insight from what he had to say. And like I said, I, I thought it was completely valid. And also, you know, whether it's X's and O's, it doesn't take much to be bulletin board material, uh, even on the slightest exactly. the slightest opinion, which is why I was kind of like, why are you being so naive about it? But it is what it is. But I, I just wanted to give you that moment because I saw a lot of that. And I was literally on Twitter uh, getting into some of these arguments that I probably shouldn't have. And then the next morning I was like, oh, it's Jake, what? Um, but But moving on to, you know, what are we? We are two weeks away. The 30th, June 30th is when free agency opens. And I guess my first question uh, that I want to ask you is probably the most fascinating part of this whole playoffs uh, with the league, which is the situation that DeAndre Ayton is with Phoenix. First and foremost, what was your take or how do you feel about even just game seven of DeAndre only playing, what was it, the 16 and 17 minutes, more importantly, getting into that argument with Monty Williams, coach of the year. And then now where things stand, where it kind of seems like he's not coming back. It does, you know, I just put out a story on Bleacher Report right now, um, a couple minutes ago, you know, that says it does seem like the most realistic landing spots for him are Atlanta, Detroit, and Toronto. Um, you know, I know Portland's been mentioned, but that seems to be like more more of a situation where Aiton was a, a player on Damian Lillard's wish list, if you will. But the Blazers, from my understanding, um, are expected to retain Yusuf Nurkic as their starting center. Um, so I, I think for looking at Aiton scenarios, Atlanta, Detroit, and Toronto are, are you know, the, the, the real horses in that race. There's also been some talk of late about a potential sign-in trade um, with Indiana for Miles Turner, but we're, we're, that's definitely getting ahead of ourselves a little bit because those conversations can't happen yet. Ah, uh, th- and, and thank you for that. And in terms of 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 everything else going around the league and, and some of your stories, and I know that I just I just clicked on your article right now, and you're not lying; it just dropped three minutes ago. Uh, if you could <laughs> basically give me just like a, like a short synopsis of what's going on with Philadelphia, which was the bulk of this story that you just released here on Bleacher Report. So I've been hearing for a while from people around the situation, and then I finally got in touch with some people directly involved this week um, that it looks like, you know, James Harden is not going to sign a five-year or four-year deal to stick around in Philadelphia. It seems like it's going to be a shorter-term agreement. Um, From my conversations, I'm expecting it to be something like he opts in for next year um, and then signs a two-year extension or or he doesn't opt in and then – signs a three-year deal but i also think he likely will wait until august to fully resign because then he gets a little bit more money based off of the cap because they traded for him in february you have to wait six months till after trading for him for harden to be able to receive eight percent annual raises on the contract rather than five so that is something uh i'm expecting to see um moving forward here outside of harden you know they're definitely exploring Matisse Teibel, Danny Green trades at number 23, and Tobias Harris is definitely consistently going to be a name uh, that I think we hear about in trade conversations. Jake Fisher from Bleacher Report joining us. He's the author of Built to Lose, how the NBA's tanking era, era excuse me, changed the league, and he's also the host of the Please Don't Aggregate This podcast. I know recently you had T.J. Jones on the show who covers the Utah Jazz for The Athletic, and the Jazz are another one of these teams that are going to be one of the more interesting situations this offseason here. 
being so close here in Las Vegas. We have a lot of jazz fans. So, you know, and Donovan Mitchell kind of flirting in Miami with Jimmy Butler. It, I, I thought I was from the understanding that when you look at Rudy and Donovan Mitchell, that Rudy was the easy, quote-unquote, easier contract to trade, and Donovan still has three years left. So basically, where do we stand with the Jazz right now, and, and what are they trying to do moving forward? Well, the Jazz are going to explore a lot of options for Rudy Gobert. I'm not convinced he is actually going to get dealt, but they're definitely talking about him with various teams. Um, from there, uh, you know, it's just, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a matter of if they really do think they find a deal that, that keeps them in playoff contention, championship contention, and maybe even makes them a bit better. You know, if it's something with Atlanta where they get back Clint Capella and a wing player um, or maybe more. Um, you know, something with Toronto where they get back OG on a newbie. But those are kind of the scenarios that I think make the most sense for the Jazz. But um, at this point in time, uh, I, I think it's going to be hard for the Jazz to really find a deal that meets their asking price outside of Atlanta. You know, I, I think ultimately getting perimeter defense, but also keeping, you know, a, a real stalwart center, you know, it's going to be a challenge outside of any team that really besides the Hawks. The Hawks are the most motivated team right now in the league to make pretty sweeping changes. Um, so I think that's kind of the Jazz's best opportunity. You know, with Mitchell, they want him to be the centerpiece of hosting the All-Star game in February at Salt Lake City. That's been made pretty clear to me. And It's kind of like a Cleveland, keep... Cleveland vibe this earlier this year with Darius and Evan and Jarrett, right? Exactly. And they want to keep him long-term beyond that. So I think ultimately – um, there's going to be, um, you know, a, a lot of effort to try to placate Donovan to make him happy. But also with Danny Ainge involved now, I'm really curious to see, you know, the outcome of the coaching search um, is going to really show us a, a pretty key data point on, on how this team is going to be built moving forward as it pertains to Donovan Mitchell and, and what he, you know, purportedly desires in Utah. And Jake, we we appreciate uh, everything, and and I know we're in the middle of the NBA Finals, and you got to get out of here. So, just two more quick questions. Uh, number one, for the casual NBA fan who is going to go next week, oh snap, the NBA draft is here. Um, from from an outside perspective, uh, what should we expect in terms of will there be a lot of movement? Are some of these teams going to move up, try to use these picks um, to pick up good players and make trades and things like that? I've been saying we're going to see five to seven trades in the first round. Ooh. We've already seen two where Denver, you know, traded for the 30th pick with Oklahoma city. And last night, Dallas traded the 26th pick um, for Christian Wood to Houston. So that's already two. We only, we only need three more to get to five. And I definitely <laughs> think you know, with Portland looking to move seven, Sacramento's definitely taking calls on four. Um, then you got, you know, the Hornets down at 15 are, are apparently, uh, you know, that, that pick is available. Um, from there, uh, you got New York looking to move up at 11. Washington said to be listening to call it a 10. You go down, down the list, the Spurs have three picks. The Grizzlies have two. Um, so there's going to be, I think, a ton of movement on draft night. I think a ton of veteran players um, are going to get moved as well. And uh, it's going to have pretty dramatic impacts on free agency, being that I think this Portland seventh pick, and, and their trade scenarios, um, you know, that's, that's holding up the Rudy Gay, the OG Ananubi, the Jeremy Grant, the John Collins vortex of all those potential trade candidates. 
Um, so once that domino falls, it, it could lead to another ripple effect of potential outcomes. And, Jake, like I said, I'm from Cleveland, so i got to ask you a very specific Cleveland Cavaliers question. Colin Sexton. Specifically with Colin, it's interesting and something that's been brought up through this playoff run. Uh, for years, we talk about how Rudy Gobert uh, in the playoffs kind of gets singled out and played off the court because teams game plan to attack him specifically. And in some of the conversations that I'm seeing on the flip side, you know, Colin's an undersized guard. So teams are going to try to attack him. And I think that in this playoff run, it kind of became very evident. And obviously, Kelly, uh, Colin excuse me, can get buckets. And is he willing to kind of take a, a pay cut or around $10 million to stay in Cleveland? And I know we've heard reports that the Lakers are interested. But I guess what's the latest that you're hearing regarding Colin? Yeah, I think he's going to have interest in several teams um, or from several teams. Detroit and Washington get mentioned the most frequently, but the Cavs do have interest in bringing them back. That number um, is definitely, uh, you know, between 10 and 15. I think is a number that the Cavs certainly would like to have him on being that there's going to be uh, obviously, you know, a very expensive payroll there moving forward. Darius Carlin about to get extended and, Evan Mobley will will eventually do. You so, love to see um, it. I think, <laughs> yeah, I think getting Colin on a, on a lower term deal is certainly what uh, the Cavs are hoping for. Uh, Jake Fisher joining us one more time. The author of Built to Lose: How the NBA's Tanking Era Changed the League Forever. He's a newsmaker for Bleacher Report. And also, his podcast, please don't aggregate this podcast. By the way, the last month, the guests have been phenomenal. Jake, before we get you out of here, do you have time for one more question? Hit me, man. Look, I'm not trying to downplay Boston. They've come down 3-2 two times in a row. Making it three times seems extremely difficult. But on the flip side for the Warriors, how does their offseason change, depending on if they clinch tonight before Game 6 or on Sunday for Game 7 and win this championship, or if they end up losing to Boston? Yeah, I don't think much really hangs in the balance for what they're going to do depending on on their outcome i think you know jordan Poole is someone they're going to have to address with his expansion andrew wiggins is someone they're going to have to address with his next contract but this is a team that is fully uh you know designed on competing for the championship around stephen curry with clay thompson and draymond on green still in the fold so that's where things stand and that's pretty much where everything's going to be jake fisher bleacher report joining us 11 40 the bet las vegas jake Thank you so much for the time. Appreciate it. Take care. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome back to 1140 The Bet Las Vegas. Adrian Hernandez here for the final NBA playoff slash NBA finals preview. But now we'll call it the recap as the Golden State Warriors are your NBA champs. And joining us to discuss the finals free agency that will be here in less than two weeks is Zach Harper. Now he's from The Athletic, but he does so much more, whether it's Sirius XM NBA Radio, Mad Dog Radio, the Count the Dings Network, shout out to Jade Hoy, or a podcast called Cinephobe that I don't really understand, but it'll be my last question to get a clear description. So first off, Zach, how are you doing? I'm excellent. How are you doing? Man, I'm doing fantastic. Well, I'm kind of bummed that the season's over, um, but as we kick off this interview, uh, and like I said before we started, I admire the amount of content and things you're involved with. And I don't usually go long on the intro, but I didn't even mention Metalark Media and the post-game shows. So I want to start right there. Talk me through trying to do a podcast and one of your coworkers showing a guest some porn on his laptop. What was going through your mind? Sadly, what was going through my mind was, of course. Uh, that that tends to be what what happens there is uh, is just uh, of course this is happening right now but yeah man that's the that's the thing about these uh, these live streams especially when we're involved you never know what's gonna happen and uh, I just feel bad for Kevin O'Connor the ringer you know he was subjected to uh, to something he probably was not uh, looking to see that night and you know I'm very keen on serial killer behavior and kind of as a society I thought we moved away from laptops being the spot that we watch porn right. Yeah, or just, like, have the sense to, to close a tab every once in a while, even if you're going to. Like, I mean, it's not it's not that difficult. Like, you just, you know, you watch it, you close it, it's fine. Yeah, it's like Twitter. Like, not many people, unless you're using TweetDeck, are, are tweeting from their laptops. But um, let's get into these finals now and, and what else happened on these finals courts. And I, I want to focus on the, the antics, and we've talked enough about sex, so we don't have to talk about Steph's parents and everything. But spending 10K on a ticket... And to be able to present yourself as an NBA player and get on the court for 10 minutes and put up some shots is money well spent, correct? Um, it, it is. Like, I look, I can see both sides of this, right? I, I think the Warriors were embarrassed, and this guy <laughs> did try to get away with something you're not supposed to do, and so technically you are subject to this. Also, this is completely on security. We have to be honest about this. That dude looks more like Clay Thompson than you and I do, but he doesn't look 
that much like Clay Thompson. Like, I don't know what we're doing here. Like, it, it doesn't make any sense to me that this would work the way it did. Uh, but I will say my favorite comment as I was defending, you know, this fake Clay Thompson, my favorite comment I saw on Twitter was someone responding to him with, I just saw in your bio that it just says YouTuber, and now I'm on the Warriors side of this. And I, Yo. I, I respect that. He has like 8.42. What's his name? It's Big Dawes TV. He's got like 8.5 mil subscribers, though. I mean, sure. Like, that. that's a lot of subscribers and like power to him. But is it just from looking like Clay Thompson? Like, I, I honestly, that's the only thing I know him from is just the pictures of games um, and then this video. And so, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I just, I'm not in that YouTube world. I'm rarely on YouTube. Yeah, facts. But in terms of YouTube and content, um, a podcaster finally won an NBA Finals. Congrats to Draymond Green. And I want to kind of settle this. Do we want NBA players to be able to give us content or not? Because there's been a lot of backlash over how a dude is spending 30 minutes after work and what he does and what he gets into. It's stupid. It's stupid that, like, what you don't, nobody actually cares what he's doing with his time after work as long as it is lawful, right? That's the only time, anytime it's like, oh my God, he's out doing this, it's only because people are just bored with their own stuff. Like, it's dumb. Like, he gets to podcast if he wants to. By the way, he gets to talk as much trash as he wants to, he gets to reveal as much as he wants. Uh, like, I don't know why we have an issue with this. All it does is raise the stakes and provide us more entertainment. So, why are people against this? And personally, us in the industry, it gives us more to talk about. So I'm like, why are we complaining? Thank yeah, you. It's free content for us. We want to shut that faucet off? No, let the thing flow, baby. Yeah, 100%. And then uh, let's flip over to the uh, the Celtics. Is it crazy for me to think that Robert Williams' series, despite being banged up at the start, really played outplayed, I should say, Jason Tatum in the finals? Well, no, I mean, because. Because Jason Tatum got outplayed by Andrew Wiggins, so I don't think that's a that's a crazy stretch at all. Like, I mean, Robert Williams was probably their most consistent guy. I think it's unfortunate that his his knee didn't allow him to play more. And obviously, they wanted to switch up a bunch of coverages and rotations and stuff to that limited his minutes anyway. But no, I mean, Tatum was just all over the place. Like you, the winning is about consistency in the NBA, and the Celtics didn't have that. Um, in in the finals, they didn't have that in the first part of the season. They had it from like mid season through the Eastern Conference playoffs, which is still a great accomplishment. But man, like Tatum, Tatum's going to get a lot of a lot of flack for this, and some of it's deserved, and some of it's just going to be hand wringing over over really nothing. But um, but yeah, man, I mean, shout out to Robert Williams III. Like he was fantastic in the series. And and uh, the Metal Arc post game show that's available on YouTube right now. Um, and I, I know you talked about this on how. You know, even from the second half, but for me, really focusing in on the playoffs, like every series from Boston to Milwaukee um, to Miami, you know, he kind of evolved and, and improved, and that that stopped here in the finals. And I know some people said, hey, he got a stinger in that Miami series. They played back-to-back seven-game series, so he might be tired. Or, you know, he's young. He's 24 years old. Are any of those, like, valid excuses for him? Sure, but, like, did they win the title? No. You know, like, look, we can make excuses for any of these guys. We can make excuses for any team that loses an NBA Finals, and they can be valid, but are we doing moral victory parades? Are we doing? Are we grading on a curve? Like, It's not like we can say, hey, you lost four games in the Finals, but because you're only 24, we're actually going to give you those extra two wins. Like, that's just not how it works. And so people just want to – I think part of the problem is people want to – like over-criticize and then people want to overcorrect that by making excuses. And it's like, 
there's excuses, there's a, there are reasons, but the thing that matters are the results. And they didn't get the results in the finals. They had a great season anyway. They'll be back next year. And to me, for Boston, like, you know, negative or positive, to me it kind of starts with Marcus Smart because I think, first off, offensively, if he gets downhill and he's able to go into these lanes, that just opens up the lanes for Jalen and Tatum. Then they attack, and then that's how Al Horford, like game one, gets all these open threes. And we know how good Jason Tatum is defensively winning Defensive Player of the Year. But to me, am I wrong in thinking, like, there was a huge lack of awareness for this team in certain situations, but I even go back to game four. They find, or game five, excuse me, third quarter, they finally outperform the Warriors. The Warriors are trying to come back in the fourth quarter. In the middle of a run, Marcus Smart is still trying to get a flopping call, and it leads to an easy bucket for Klay Thompson. Like, so I guess not only is it frustrating, but does Boston need a true quote unquote point guard? They just need they just need someone who's a, a table setter. So whether that's a point guard or a shooting guard or a small forward or whatever, like they do need someone who can organize an offense. Like if you look at available options, and and they, I'm not even saying they can get these guys because they might be too expensive or it might not make sense logistically. But if you were able to add on like a mid level exception, someone like Matthias Jones, who will actually probably too be, be too expensive, or someone like a Ricky Rubio who's coming off an ACL, so that's a tricky situation. But a guy like that. You know, that, that, that's the type of table setter who can still compete on both ends of the floor, can really set up an offense, and just keep everyone organized. Like, that was the problem in the last couple of games. Their offense was really bad because the, the Warriors' defense is really good, but also they just – their plan went away. They stopped trying to get in the middle of the floor. They stopped trying to make the right pass. That was dribble, attack, maybe one pass. There was never an extra pass there. And that's just – that's a sign of inexperience in the finals. That's a sign of inexperience against a team that – their core has been there time and time again. And yeah, like they, they need a point guard. I don't know if that means like you replace Marcus smart or you replace Jalen Brown, or you just move one of those guys to the bench or whatever that is, but they de- definitely need someone who just knows how to organize an offense throughout the game. And on the flip side, from the Warriors perspective, uh, you talked about Andrew Wiggins or excuse me, American Wiggins, as you guys said in the post game show, uh, which I thought was brilliant. That, you know, he really balled, and, and this is kind of – he was the second-best player on an NBA championship team, and how crazy is it from a dude who Glenn Taylor had to ask him to try before he was signing a $150 million contract to where he is now? And, and kind of how do you view this story of this season for him? I mean, it's a great story. Like, I think it's funny because, like, so many people have been anti-Wiggins, and I can just always tell who watched him in Minnesota and who didn't, right? I'm not saying you needed to just say, like, oh, he's always going to be great. He'll be fine. Like, he wasn't. He needed to change the scenery. He probably wouldn't have done any of this in Minnesota because there's just no accountability there. Well, at least there hasn't been up until maybe the start of this year. But, you know, Wiggins has always been super talented. Jimmy Butler's always said, you know, he's the most talented one of those three when they were when they were in Minnesota together. Coaches have talked about how talented he is and how hard he works. It's just about learning how to win. The Warriors taught him how to win. And what did that do? It made him hungrier. It made him realize, oh, I need to do this for us to win. Okay, I'll do that. And he was prepared. Like, he did his homework. He knew where to take Jason Tatum and where to deny him. And he just flat out outplayed him. I mean, he outscored Jason Tatum 18-13 to 13 in the final games of, a, of an NBA Finals to close it out. Like, that's – I mean, that's pretty crazy. You know, I get it. Everyone's always like, oh, he makes so much money. You're right, and now he's earned it. Like, now you can't say the contract was a mistake, and that's how the contracts work. You just got to justify it by the end of the contract. And he also had that dagger with five minutes left when the Celtics were trying to to come back, and I think they got it, what, to eight? And uh, my final, finals question here before I'm going to get hit you with a couple free agency questions in big picture. Um, but 
In terms of the agenda that had to die last night, which hurts my heart because I'm from Cleveland, but the no finals MVP agenda is over for Steph Curry. Uh, where do uh, haters, I guess, w- whatever we want to call it, what agenda's next? Like, do we have to go back to Chris Paul not having rings, or which agenda is the next to appear? We could do this crazy thing where we're just like appreciative of players and their accomplishments. What? And not look to tear people down. Like, I know it's a crazy idea, and it might get, <laughs> get me kicked off the internet. But this is the thing that I didn't understand about the Steph has no Finals MVPs thing. It's like, okay, did that make your team lose any less than they did to the Warriors? Oh, geez. Like what? I don't understand what the argument is. Like if, I said this last night, and and I stand by it. Like if you are not getting paid to deny this man's place in history, if that is not part of your job, if you're not on TV or on radio or on a podcast or whatever, getting actually paid a living wage to deny this man's place in history, you're dumb. You're just flat out dumb. Like you don't know basketball. You don't know what you're watching or what you're talking about. This man is one of the greatest players we will ever see. Not shooters, not scorers, one of the greatest players we will ever see. Like, it is no debate about it. And if you're still denying this man, I just feel bad for him. Well, listen, as a Cavs fan, the Warriors winning the title increases 2016's title in my perspective. So it makes it, makes it that much more impressive. Um, but let's head to some offseason questions. Uh, to me, during the playoffs, the most fascinating story or thing that happened that I really feel like didn't get talked about enough was Game 7, Phoenix getting destroyed by Dallas. But what happened with DeAndre Jordan, where he only played, what, 17 minutes, gets into an argument with Monty Williams. Like, just on that and the argument and how that played out, how do you feel about it? And then in this offseason on where the Suns go. I mean, I've heard, I've heard some things of what, of what maybe was happening there. And, you know, I don't know. I'm not there, so I don't know. And I'm not covering the team. So, it, you know, it's all, like, third-hand stuff. So I don't know necessarily what to believe. I just know from what I hear – it doesn't sound like there's a res- resolution that ends with anything other than him on another team. Now, that's tricky. That's not just something he can outright do because he's a restricted free agent. And so, you know, if someone goes out and maxes him with an offer sheet and he decides, I don't want to help this team and, you know, I'm not going to do a sign and trade, then they can just match it and there's nothing he can do about it. He's got to go back to Phoenix. Like, it's not really up to him at this point. Yeah. I would maybe move towards trying to make that a better relationship so you can work out a sign and trade or you just take that one year qualifying offer, you risk injury and you go into next season becoming an unrestricted free agent the following summer. I mean, I, I, I don't know if there's a resolution to it, but I do know there are ways to get him off that team and they probably have to start playing that game. And then in terms of Donovan Mitchell, and I know he still has three years left in his contract. Basically the question is, is this dude going to be playing in Miami next year? No, no, no. <laughs> the Utah Jazz are hosting the All Star Weekend in 2023. They like they're not going to trade on it. The whole thing is to look at look at at everything with, hey, we're going to have the mayor of Salt Lake City, which is going to be played by Donovan Mitchell for this All Star Weekend. It's going to be, oh, look how great this is. Oh, everyone's so happy. Oh, this Donovan, so City, Donovan's they, team and everything. They want the and Cleveland All Star Game where you know Darius, Jarrett, Evan, the future's here, like that type of thing. Pretty much, and that and that's what it's going to look like. And then next summer, next summer we'll see what that looks like. But this this year, no man, he's not going anywhere. Rudy might go somewhere. They might be able to switch out some of those other parts. But this this ownership group is committed to Donovan at least for now because they want to look good for All Star Weekend. So then, from Donovan's perspective, the uh, I'm completely shocked. Quinn Snyder got fired, and then with Andy Larson. Uh, who covers the Jazz? Like those are that was basically Donovan planting seeds for next year. Then, 
No, it's just it's just it's to make you look better. It's to make you look like you didn't have anything to do with it. Like we see this stuff all the time with coaching firings or coaches stepping down and people not really like. I mean, the most famous ones what probably Dwight Howard and Stan Van Gundy. Yeah, right. Like that's probably the most famous one. And like guys act shocked <laughs> and all this stuff. It's just Stan is one of the few guys that would ever speak out and make it look dumb for the player. But but that's just because he doesn't really care about that stuff. But no, like I think this is just the hey, I didn't have anything to do with this coaching this coaching decision, like, but I would like to know about the next one. And, and he's doing that. He's, and that's just how the agencies work. And uh, Zach Harper joining us from the athletic count, the dings and uh, be sure to follow him on Twitter at talks, hoops, talk, hoops, talk, hoops at talks, hoops. And uh, Zach, before we get you out of here, uh, I told you I needed to know, can you just explain to me and the audience that's listening? Uh, what exactly is Cinephobe? Oh, I'm so glad you asked that. Uh, Cinephobe is a podcast where Amino Hathen and I watch movies that are poorly rated on Rotten Tomatoes, and we try to ascertain are they properly poorly rated, or maybe they didn't get a fair shake. That's Cinephobe. It's produced by Anthony Mays. It's a part of Metal Lark Media, and you find it wherever you get podcasts. We are in Matthew McConaughey month. Two for the Money just came out this week. Uh, before that, we had The Beach Bum. We had The Ghost of Girlfriends Pass. And next week, we have a very highly anticipated episode, <laughs> Tiptoes, in which Gary Oldman plays a dwarf that's right gary oldman plays a dwarf matthew mcconaughey movie you're going to want to check that out next week uh no podcast has better research zach real quick the best pixar character of all time uh is wally a pixar character yes he is he's wally's the greatest over buzz yeah i'm buzz (laughs) get out of here man woody carried buzz throughout those entire movies like wally didn't speak for an entire movie and had everyone just completely like, just focused in on what was happening. That's true talent. Buzz, <laughs> hack. Well, Zach, we disagree. Woody definitely tried to murder Buzz, but I, I appreciate the time, and thank you for hey, joining us, Zach. You mess around, you mess around, Buzz. You might get got. That's what happens in a Toy Story. <laughs> Yo, we close out your NBA Finals recap here on 1140 The Bet. Zach, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Anytime. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.